0: The number you have dialed. Welcome to IABC's podcast The Voice for marketers, communicators and creative professionals everywhere, brought to you by Media Style. This episode hosted by Alexander Reed.
1: Welcome to another episode of The Voice. I'm Alex Reid recapping the 2013 IABC Ottawa Excel Awards that really put a spotlight on our local talent in marketing and communications. It was a colorful night, to say the least. Kelly Rusk and her organizers, they just did a tremendous job putting together a really fun circus theme for the event that was topped off with candy corn, face paint, circus performers, and even a photo booth. It sort of seemed like the whole night was uh, inspired by Pinterest, and I feel like I'm right with that statement. Uh, Well, it was a busy night, too. The IABC Ottawa sold out all tickets for the event, which really made for an awesome environment. Everyone just had a blast mixing and mingling and cocktailing and enjoying our wild. Wildly entertaining MC Alan Neal from the CBC, who introduced some of the winners for the event. The star of the evening was Ottawa's own Ellen Campbell, and I actually had the special privilege of interviewing Ellen for this podcast. and And I tell you, that young woman has star power. She got a standing ovation once she took the stage, and she even managed to get the whole audience up dancing. Just picture it. The IABC Ottawa crowd was dancing. There were lots of winners at this year's event that I I unfortunately didn't get the opportunity to speak with. Uh, So congratulations. Kaylee McLaren, uh, you won the Rick Green Award. Leara Bryan won the Volunteer of the Year Award. Caroline Keeley won the Distinguished Service Award. And as I said, Ellen Campbell, uh, she won the Communicator of the Year Award for her tremendous work raising awareness for organ donation. Hats off to all the organizations who won awards for their tremendous contributions to the marketing and communications space. Now, as I said, Ellen got the IABC Excel award party bumping. So that made for some pretty awesome background tunes for this podcast. I hope you enjoy the interviews and, and congratulations again to all the winners this year. So I'm here sitting with Ellen Campbell, the winner of the Communicator of the Year Award for IABC Ottawa. How does it feel to be
2: here? It feels great. I'm really happy to be here. And uh, it's an honour to be amongst such amazing communicators this evening. And I've meet, met some really interesting people and uh, I just feel really honoured to be here as a representative of organ and tissue donation. Well, and you've been a,
1: a, a true inspiration. I mean, I was sitting out there in the audience and as soon as you walked up on stage, I mean, I saw tears go into people's eyes almost immediately. It's it's amazing the effect that you've had on, on others. Let's talk about uh, the transition from Helen Campbell to the Helen Campbell. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Well, uh, when all this started, like with the whole Justin Bieber thing, I never would have found, I never would have thought I would find myself here, a in the public eye, b someone who had been to California to dance with her all time favorite woman. I never thought I would receive anything in my life. I thought I'm going to get these lungs, walk out of the hospital the next day and no one will ever know what happened to me and I'll be back to living my life. But that's not the reality of what happened. This cause really took people really responded to it positively and if it, it meant that through my situation that wasn't necessarily great, a great outcome came out of it and I had the best and the worst. Going from Len to the Elen, I, I, I don't like to think about it and I, I haven't been thinking about it and I think that's really what's kept me away from getting kind of a big head about this, it's just like to really stay grounded and stay with the people who are around me.
1: It's not just about the transition from Ellen Campbell to the Ellen Campbell, but it's also, uh, it seems that your your communications has also evolved uh, over
2: time, right? Absolutely. I mean, the first time I spoke was at a fundraiser that people had for our family and I kept repeating myself, being like, you guys are amazing, oh my gosh, I love you all, you're amazing. Like Like That's all I said. But then, I think when it comes to cause you're passionate about and just something like that, you can just just pick it up. And I I was really camera shy before. I always wanted to be behind it. Like an editor. I wanted to be in film, hear people's stories. But I wouldn't mind being like a TV host to hear people's stories and talk about them and kind of expose the reality of of life to people. Because I think a lot of reality of of life is hidden sometimes. So I want to communicate, you know, this is what it's like to go through something. And
1: it's also an evolution in your campaign. I saw a, a, an evolution anyways from
2: Be a Donor
1: to Give to Live. Tell me about that transition. I mean, how did you go from Be a Donor Twitter campaign to this massive movement?
2: Well, when I started, this man created a website for me, the Lung Story website. And that really got a ton of hits worldwide. People were checking out the blog after the Twitter campaign went pretty viral. And, and it actually reached Germany and it reached other places and stuff like that. So with a long story. The only reason I allowed someone to make a website was that I wanted it to support transplant patients later on because there was no support for my family and I and so many others going through it and they had to mortgage their homes and stuff like that. And it's, it's already a tough enough decision to deal with. You're facing death, you don't know if you'll get the organ in time, right? And I mean, it's already something that's pretty stressful on others. So just to financially and help people that was something we really wanted to do before all this happened, and just getting the attention we got. We said, you know what, we've gotta do something with this. And to move from a lung story to be an organ donor campaign to really kind of push for money to support families, it was a big decision to make and it involves a lot more work because be a donor was Uh, volunteer but it wasn't like something I had to really put time into it was just like I'll be the face when I when I want to I can switch it on and off but with give to live it's something I want to work for so the amount of hours I'm putting into it it's much different and you know uh, this time I set a goal and I really want to meet it whereas before I had no goal and it just you know it really the wave just you know, like I, I I kicked a little stone at the top of a mountain and avalanche started and I had no idea that the effect would have been so big. And this time I kicked a stone hoping the avalanche would be massive. So it's different when you're expecting something. Our goal is still to encourage people to understand transplant. be af- Not be afraid of what transplant means and then also move forward into helping other patients. Because the more awareness there is, the more likely people are to register as donors because I think there's so many fears around it.
1: Where do people go and, and get involved in in your movement?
2: To get involved with this movement, it's really easy to do. You can go on GiveToLive.ca and you can start crowdfunding. So kind of issue a challenge with you and your coworkers. Let's put on a poker night or let's like everyone let's let's have a costume night and you got to pay five dollars at the door or you know just have a silent auction with a bunch of fun things. Honestly being creative is the best way to do it and what we do is as you set up your own kind of crowdfunding page we kind of display it and kind of share your story and say this lady is advocating in this way and this is what her goal is and she's actually gone over it and it kind of, seeing people, what they're doing inspires others and we're releasing this whole package idea so when you sign up, we'll send you a package with shirts, posters, a bracelet and stuff like that to help you with like good facts and a DVD about a story of transplant patients. This
1: this sounds like such a mature organization. Where Are you getting help or are you, are you learning all this stuff yourself?
2: I'm getting help with the Toronto General Hospital and the multi the organ program have come together for this cause but because when I originally was in the media a lot that's really what I talked about and that was my goal and the physicians at the Toronto General were like why aren't we doing this you know like we should be helping families it's definitely something we should do and we want to do so then they approached my mother and I and to have started our own foundation would have been much more difficult but to get this campaign going through the foundation it's great and what's awesome about it is that all the funds donated goes directly to transplant patients so they don't go anywhere else they strictly go towards the patients and that's that's what they're being used for
1: thank you so much for speaking with me Ellen Uh, you're a remarkable individual with a remarkable story (laughs) and again thank you for everything that you're doing thanks for sitting with me today and and keep it up please
2: thank you so much and I just want to say communication is not it doesn't go one way it goes two ways You have to tell someone a story and they have to feel enough for it to like impact them and they need to make a difference about it. And I think that's what communication is. And through my story I've really learned that to get people engaged and ask them and give them a challenge. And the youth of today who are really into the social media, that's what really got it big. Worldwide was Ellen, but it took a whole bunch of people to reach Ellen to reach a bigger audience. So it's really, you know, it wasn't just me, it was the Ellen effect, but I consider that, like I said, the community coming together. So thanks a lot for this opportunity, and uh, I hope to see you again soon. I'm
1: sitting here with Christine Simpson. Uh, She's with the Impaired Speed Skating Association. She won an award tonight uh, of merit uh, for her work with the association. So Christine, can you just explain to us a little bit about the campaign?
3: The Impaired Speed Skating Association of Canada, we just launched this year, so we're very, very new and one of our primary, primary goals is to have speed skating um, become a sanctioned sport for the para, in the Paralympics. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that goes on to, before you can become a sanctioned sport. One of it is you need a lot of uh, countries to be able to get on board and have enough skaters because if you don't have anyone to compete, compete against each other you don't have a sport. So what our job with this association is to take the sport and do a little bit of public education and show people that You know, even if you're blind or deaf or have some sort of impairment, you can actually still speed skate. So we are very lucky to have um, a really good speed skater. His name is Kevin Frost. Uh, He's been speed skating for quite a long time right now. He's won countless medals, broken a whole bunch of world records, and he's actually deaf and blind. Wow. So yeah, That's remarkable. It's it's pretty amazing. I mean, I I volunteer for this organization. This is not my day job. This is something I do on the side. Um, And the reason why I've dug so much of my attention into this association is because he's so inspirational to work for. He went from rock bottom to, you know, becoming one of the best deaf-blind speed skaters in the world. So, what we did and what the um, award that we won tonight was all about a movie premiere that we did. So, we wanted to do a little bit of public education because a lot of people don't understand what legally blind is or legally deaf and he's legally blind and deaf. Doesn't mean that he doesn't see anything. He still sees a little bit. It's tunnel vision. Picture it as if you're looking through two straws. That's what he sees. So he doesn't have any peripheral vision. It's actually very hard to go around a a rink. Imagine going around a rink only looking through two straws. So we thought we would do a little movie and uh, invite a whole bunch of uh, stakeholders out invite a whole bunch of people out in the community and really show what his life is to kind of help with public education and help people understand that yes Impaired speed skating is rare, but it can be done, and we've got a great example here in Canada with Kevin Frost.
1: Give me a little bit of background about that relationship.
3: It started off just being a small little publicist role, um, answering media calls for him, writing press releases. Uh, Then I escalated a little bit and said, well, you're not on social media, so let's get you on social media. Uh, Then we took it to the next level, started a blog all of a sudden he started to get like a, a following and lots of people in uh, Canada and Ottawa were following him. We were connecting with skaters in Russia and Scotland and the United States and then we realized that this whole, um, this whole movement was bigger than this just one skater and we said we, we've got to escalate this. We've got to make it bigger and we've got to show the world that um, impaired speed skating is actually a sport and there are people out there. He's not the only skater. Uh, so then we launched the association with the movie premiere and uh, I mean we've already connected with a skater in Montreal, there's a uh, potentially a skater in Calgary as well, we're you know, doing research there. Have you
1: seen some real results yet from your efforts, some tangible results? Where do you see yourself going from here?
3: The reason I think why we won the award is um, because we did have tangible results after uh, our premiere. When we did the movie premiere we had a whole bunch of people come out, uh, we increased public awareness. Um, but the, the biggest thing for us is that we actually connected with an association in Scotland. So we're now partnered with the Impaired Skating, association in Scotland. We connected the two associations together um, and what we're hoping long-term, what to do, I know we're still very young, but long-term, hopefully in the next 10 years, is to increase public awareness not only just in Canada but across the world. As I mentioned, uh, so far we have uh, we found skaters in the United States We've got Canada, we've got Netherlands, Russia, and Scotland. Phenomenal. That's, that's five countries. Yeah. Now the IPC, the International Paralympic Committee, actually requires eight countries to have widespread um, uh, sports, uh, or that this particular sport in their country, so we still need a couple more uh, countries before we can become sanctioned, but that's where the association comes in. We're just here to build the awareness and also um, help younger people with um, impairments to show them that even if they're deaf, even if they're blind, even if they have any sort of doesn't mean that the world's over for them and I've got an excellent team we're about a team of five people that work together uh, and I couldn't have won this award if it weren't for them I mean we work all together and we're all equally as passionate uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll make it uh, to the next level and have speed skating sanctioned as a Paralympic sport. So how do we get behind you uh, you know how do
1: we help you re- how do we help you reach your goal?
3: Was promoted. I mean, we did just launch, uh, so we're still in our infancy. uh, But soon we'll be having a website up. We'll have uh, social media presence, um, and then we're going to start, you know, running or uh, running events here in Ottawa. That's that's our next step.
1: Excellent. Sounds like you're doing some amazing work. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. Thank you so much again.
3: Oh, thanks for having me. So I'm
1: here sitting with Tony Lyons. Uh, he won uh, an award of excellence for his work with uh, with CIRA. Um, he's with Alphabet Creative, and uh, they produced uh, a factbook for CIRA. Can you just tell us a little bit about the project?
0: Yeah, sure. So the fact book is essentially a microsite that we developed for CIRA. Um, CIRA, as you know, is a, uh, the Canadian Internet Registration Authority, and what they're responsible for is running the, uh, the .ca registry in Canada, which is uh, essentially the technical infrastructure by which all .ca emails and uh, web domains uh, route through uh, they're also a big part of their mandate is to influence positive internet governance globally as it relates to canadian values uh, they also have a mandate to support digital literacy amongst the canadians so they have basically a uh, three main uh, mandates that they operate under they're not pro- not for profit organization every year they, they they produce a fact book which is essentially the state of the of the internet in Canada so they have tons of statistics at their fingertips we were charged with uh, developing into a, sustain, a salient and succinct set of, fa- of factual data that's re- represented on a website uh, and what we do is we try to interpret that data and present it in the form of not only charts and graphs and text, but also infographics, uh, and we present it in a format that is accessible to everybody uh, through any device in a responsive for, uh, design technology or platform.
1: What are some of the results that you've seen from, uh, from presenting the information in this way?
0: An example is that they, they 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 saw a spike in traffic to their actual corporate website through the microsite uh, in the first couple of weeks of uh, of launch. They had uh, unsolicited positive feedback from users of uh, which they'd never seen before of literally you know dozens of people emailing them unsolicited and saying. I love, the, I love this website. I love the fact you've presented this data in such an accessible way. And they got a bunch of media hits and third-party endorsements uh, through the infographics that we produced. Uh, a little thing that we did, which is a really simple thing, which is really effective that people should do, is to <clears throat> Twitter has an API that you can attach to any piece of content that if you just click on the button, if you're logged into Twitter, it will tweet the, um, the item with a, with a, a built-in hashtag and a uh, link back to the to, to the website that you're, you've tweeted from. It's a little different to the share this thing. It's a bit more sophisticated. And if you present tweetable chunks of content like that, what we found is that people really do tweet it. <laughs> and the amount of uh, sort of lateral uh, viral action that we got from it, it was absolutely remarkable. It's, it was really... We didn't. We didn't. We had no idea that it was going to work as well as it did.
1: Excellent. I'd like to know a little bit more about some of the practical things that that you did to make this such a success.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about data, I mean, data, and it's, <laughs> which is particularly salient right now with the advent of big data and everybody talking about data and marketers trying to get their hands around data. Data is really boring. And the data is never going to be super interesting. The only thing that's interesting about data is the insight that you apply to it after the fact. So that if you can interpret data and present it to people in a consumable way uh, on the internet, they will actually uh, consume it and they'll like it and they'll uh, respond to it and they'll share it with their peers. So that's what we tried to do with this, with this fact book. Because the facts, frankly, of how many people... Uh, how many hours Canadians spend online if you actually just put that in a chart it's nothing interesting but if you if you uh, envelope that in a story and build a storyline around that and and interpret why that's why people are doing that uh, then it becomes an actual interesting thing so I think for marketers Uh, When they look at a project like we did and the success that it's had, really the value of what we did for Sarah and this project, putting insight onto data, and this is really what marketers do, is they turn it into stories. Because data is a story if you make it a story, but unless you make it a story, it's just a bunch of numbers that's made
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Tony, and congratulations okay, again on the award. Right. I wish you all the best, and I look forward to seeing uh, how, how you continue to uh, to inspire Canadians to pay attention to .ca. It's an important issue, and it's, it's great to see that it's getting some uh, the attention that, that it
0: deserves. Thanks a lot. It's a pleasure talking to you.
1: Some inspiring people with some great advice. Thanks again to everyone who took the time to speak with me at that evening and congratulations again to all the winners. If you have any more questions about the Excel Awards or its winners, I would recommend that you reach out to the IABC Ottawa president, Kelly Rusk, on Twitter. If you have any questions for me, again, I'm Alex Reed. You can find me on Twitter at TechAlley. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone, and have a great day.
0: You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, produced in Ottawa at MediaStyle. For more information, visit ottawa.iabc.com.